This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. Unnecessary roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's unnecessary roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown, Raiders. Would you believe it? This is unnecessary roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. Live from Raiders headquarters in Henderson, Nevada, unnecessary roughness. Coming up at 3.30, former Raider fullback Marcel Reese. He'll join the show to talk about everything going on with the silver and black. Talk about training camp. Talk about what it was like when he was ready to put the pads on after a few days of just unpadded practices, ready to go and get ramped up. And at what point does, you know, do the, I don't want to say the temper start to flare, but, you know, guys get a little bit juiced. They get, you know, get a little bit agitated by the guy that's trying a little bit harder than the next guy. And, I mean, you can start to see a little something-something. I think out there at, uh, at practice, maybe on Saturday, uh, we saw a couple guys that looked like they were a little spirited and were ready to, you know, s- start hitting someone that was not their own guy and, and actually just start hitting people in general. So uh, I think that these guys are getting ready, especially with the heat. They're uh, they're ready to rock and roll. So that all gets started tomorrow. But we'll talk to Marcel Reese about that and many more things coming up at 3.30. Right now, though, it's time to take a look around the NFL. And I like to call this Cover 3. It's time for Q's Cover 3, NFL news and notes of the day, here on Raider Nation Radio 920. So the big news of the day came out of Indianapolis with Carson Wentz. He could be out 5 to 12 weeks, foot injury, has surgery to repair a broken bone in his foot. And, I mean, that window is a tough window to kind of gauge what the team will do. 5 to 12 weeks. 5 weeks, very manageable. 12 weeks, okay, now you're starting to starting to wonder what's going to happen. And then who knows? Who knows if, if, if 12 weeks come by, he's going to be healthy and be ready to rock and roll. So the Colts are in a tough situation. Of course, they traded a 2021 third-round pick and a 2022 conditional second-round pick to Philly in exchange for Wentz this offseason. And I'll tell you, if he's out 12 weeks, then that potential first-round pick that, that Philadelphia was going to get is really going to be in jeopardy. So that's not the most important thing as far as Carson Wentz goes. Of course, his health is is very important. But also, what do the Colts plan on doing? They thought with Carson Wentz at the helm, he was going to be the guy that can help push them over the top. Of course, they have Phillip Rivers as their quarterback last season. Now they're thinking, okay, Carson Wentz is going to reunite with Frank Reich, and he's going to be he's going to get his his career back on track. Got a nice offensive line, have a nice run game, have some nice weapons on the outside, have a really good defense. Oh, man, they're, they're a team that should be competing in the South, right? Well, you know, they're not going to compete in the South if they don't have a quarterback. And right now, uh, with Carson Wentz going down, they really don't. So there's been a lot of speculation, there's been a lot of conversation about what the Colts can do. Of course, there's a lot of conversation. Well, would they go out and would they call Gruden? Would they call Mayock and say, hey, what does it take to get Marcus Mariota? I don't think that that would be their first call. I'm not saying they're not going to call and not going to – uh, hit him up and ask about Marcus. I'm not saying that at all. I just don't think it'll be their first option. I honestly think that they make a call to Chicago. I think they make a call to Chicago and see what uh, what, what it would take to get Nick Foles out of there. And Nick Foles actually talked about that a little earlier today, saying that he would love to reunite with Frank Wright. You know, he's heard all the, the rumors about being traded out of Chicago. Now that they have Andy Dalton, they have Justin Fields, who they just drafted, and he's there. He's just there, kind of sitting there. And they're, they're not going to carry all three of those quarterbacks into the season, I don't think. You never know, but I don't think they will. And I think it's a natural fit. Now, I'm sure it would probably be 
you know, Carson Wentz would probably sit there and think, yeah, great, just my luck. I go down and this Nick Foles guy comes uh, comes right up, you know, right up my backside again. Here he comes to save the day. Nick Foles can never get a, get a rid, rid of this guy. But that's the situation. And an NFL team, it doesn't matter what team it is, their responsibility is to go out there and win games. So they don't have to worry about Carson Wentz's feelings or anyone else's feelings. If Nick Foles is a guy that makes sense, uh, I think that they would go out there and make the move for him. But again, I think they're, they'll probably wait a little while to determine is it going to be closer to five weeks or is it going to be closer to 12 weeks. But I, I, do, I do throw it out there, and I would say that that's the name that I pay attention to more than Marcus Mariota. And with Marcus Mariota, the other thing that people have to realize is he'd have to approve a trade as well. When they restructured his contract, and when I say they, I mean the Raiders, when they restructured his contract this offseason, there's the clause in there that he has to approve a trade if they were to, to, to say, hey, okay, yeah, hey, we'll, we'll take this draft capital in exchange for Marcus. Well, he has a no-trade clause, so he would have to approve it. Now, I'm sure that Marcus as a competitor would love to be a starter, and especially with a really good offensive line like they have in Indy, he probably would approve it. But just know that that's a, an element to this game where he wouldn't just – be traded because the team wanted to. He would have to approve that. I think that before they make the call to Marcus or anyone else, I think Frank Reich would make the call to Nick Foles in, or a call to Chicago to try to get Nick Foles. But, again, right now Nick is in Chicago. As he mentioned, he said, I'm a Chicago Bear right now, but who knows? Uh, he understands the situation. Talking about quarterbacks, how about what the Vikings have going on at the quarterback position? Man, you want to talk about no bueno. Kirk Cousins, Kellen Mond, Nate Stanley, all three on the reserve COVID-19 list. All three, and they also put rookie receiver Myron Mitchell on the COVID-19 list. And, I mean, that's one of those situations I heard over the weekend that Kellen Mond was the guy that actually caught COVID-19, and then the others were contact tracing. But then it sounded like this earlier today, as it was being reported, that Kirk Cousins as well has COVID-19. And Mike Zimmer was not very happy. He wasn't happy with his players. He's not happy with this situation at all. He's very much, and I know that this becomes controversial for some people, he's very much, go get the vaccination. Go get it done. This needs to happen. And so uh, earlier he was talking to the media about this situation. Last year, it almost get guys missed. There was some sympathy to it. Now there's frustration because that's under their control. Yeah, um... I would say that's exactly right because I, you know, I think, um, you know, going through all the things that you had to do last year, masks and you know, protocol and travel, and you can't leave for a day, you can't go out see your family, you know, all the things. Um, you can't go to dinner when you're on the road. You got to wear masks on the plane, all that stuff that, uh, you know, was just difficult and. Uh, I just don't understand. I just don't understand that, you know, I think we could put this thing to bed if we'd we'd all do this, but it is what it is. So there's Vikings head coach Mike Zimmer right there, and you can just hear the frustration, DeMond. You can hear that in his voice. He said so much with his size. The size just, yeah, if, uh, man, he's had it. It's almost like it's almost like a parent that's upset at their kid and they just don't know what to say, so they just sigh and you just know what that means. Oh, I did it. I blew it. I really messed up. It's that it's that sigh when you it's like that sigh that you get when you get the call from, you know, a coworker saying, Hey, DeMond's on a plane, he ain't gonna be here Friday and you just give that sigh like, huh? Uh, well uh, uh. Oh man, are you kidding me? <laughs> it's kinda like that, but on a serious note, Mike Zimmer clearly is upset at the situation, and now they're down to one quarterback that's not going to matter at all. I mean, and, and I don't 
mean to be disrespectful, but Jake Browning's the guy that, that they have out there during practice. And, of course, they need a lot more than that, but uh, just a tough situation. Uh, I know earlier uh, last week, matter of fact, John McClain, when he joined the show on Thursday, and he'll join the show every Thursday at 2.30, he had talked about the Washington football team and how Ron Rivera was upset at his team uh, for not taking it seriously and not taking the vaccination seriously. Well, Mike Zimmer, I think he's even more upset than uh, Ron Rivera was. He's just he's just beside himself. And uh, he even said he went a little bit further and said some of them just don't do it. Some of the things that they read out are out there. It's their belief. So whatever they heard or read or been told, maybe they don't believe uh, what the chief uh, Dr. Alan Seals told them either. But they, he, he's just frustrated. Should just teams not, just we go ahead? Yep. She's not just, happy. Should teams just have like one designated quarterback? That's just like you're not going to be in like the meetings or around the other quarterbacks. You're still going to be like on the roster a little bit. You're you're obviously going to get your reps during training camp, but we're just going to have you like off to the side a little bit. You know, that was a subject of conversation last year. You know, when this whole thing was going on, it was almost like put a quarterback in bubble wrap and, and not necessarily a third string quarterback, more of a quarterback who, you know, can can handle their business. You know, you just kind of have them just in case, you know, just in case one of those scenarios breaks out. And that was based off of all the testing that they had to do last year and all the contact tracing, that's really what was the big blow to all these teams. It wasn't necessarily even all the people that tested positive for COVID. It was all the contact tracing that went around it. I mean, you remember the Raiders in general. You know, one offensive lineman goes down and catches COVID, then boom, the whole, the whole line is down because they're all near each other. You know, it's all contact tracing. So that's why the whole – the whole scenario with, hey, if you go and get vaccinated, you don't have to worry about the contact tracing. You don't have to worry about, you know, getting tested all the time. And, and it's, it's just it's a lot more relaxed than it was a year ago. And that's why so many people are, you know, up in arms and can't believe that more guys have not got vaccinated. Now, I will say when the NFL came out with the, the rulings and, you know, a lot of people were upset, including a lot of players across the league were upset, saying that, you know, that's not fair. It's, it's our choice. Well, I'll tell you, man, it went from only a handful of teams being at that 85% threshold to a lot of teams at that 85% threshold. It's like they just went and, and all got vaccinated quick, fast, and in a hurry because they realized, hey, man, this is not the scenario that I want this year. I don't want to go through the same thing that I had to deal with in 2020. I don't want to have to deal with that this year. And I think as teams, they made that decision together, which is what they need to do. They need to make the decisions on what they're going to do together so they all know, okay, hey, if this is a scenario, if this happens – this is why. And are we okay with that? Are we comfortable with that? Or do we want to make, go in a different direction? I feel like if these teams make these decisions together, then they're comfortable with living with whatever the, the results are. And, uh, yeah, that, that uh, quarterback in a bubble wrap, basically that was a conversation that we had a lot uh, in 2020. How about this note out of Philadelphia? Eagles rookie wide receiver Devontae Smith is going to be out a couple of weeks with the MCL sprain. And I hate to hear about injuries. Sure don't like to hear about injuries to a, a rookie uh, player at all because you want them to get into the league and have an opportunity. But he's going to miss two to three weeks of training camp with the MCL sprain. And I bring it up because Devontae Smith, who won the Heisman Trophy, uh, won a national championship with Alabama, was an absolute just animal out there. He, he was the dude. He was the go-to guy, uh, you know, for, for Mac Jones out there uh, in Alabama. And the question when he was drafted was his size. He's only 170 pounds, about six foot tall, and was he going to be able to hold up in the NFL? Would he be able to hold up to the constant pounding that is, you know, that these wide receivers and these players receive each and every day? Well, a few days into training camp, and he's 
got a, a, a sprained MCL. And I'm not saying that that's by any fault of his own. Uh, I don't know how he received it. I just know that he's going to be out a couple weeks. And that's the, that's the risk that you run when you go get a guy with a slight frame like that. You just realize that there's going to be an opportunity for him to get banged up. And, you know, they, they went and drafted a, a, a wide receiver last year in the first round, Jalen Rager out of TCU, who was a smaller guy, very fast, very dynamic with the ball in his hands, but a small guy. And you know what he did? He missed some time. He was banged up quite a bit. So that was the question always surrounding Devontae Smith. I think he's a hell of a wide receiver. I think he has an opportunity to be a hell of a wide receiver in this league. But, man, he's going to have to put some weight on. He's going to have to put some weight on. He's going to have to bulk up a little bit. You saw what Henry Ruggs with the Raiders had to do. He put 13 pounds of muscle on this offseason. He had to do that to be able to, to, to live up to the pounding that you receive in the NFL. These are grown men that you're going against. And it's not, you're not at Alabama anymore. You're not, you know, you're not going up against a team that is so scared about your speed that they, they play off of you. And they're not, they're not trying to attack you. They're really trying to hope that you stay in front of them and that you, they, don't, they don't get beat for a big play. These are grown men that are ready to challenge you. And that's what they'll see quick, fast, and in a hurry in the NFL. And so... Hopefully he's able to get back and, you know, the MCL sprain is, is just that, an MCL sprain, and, you know, he's 100% healthy and he goes, he goes through it and, and it's all good to go. But uh, just hate to hear that early in, in practice of training camp uh, like they are right now, only being a few, a few days in and really haven't even got to the nuts and bolts of training camp. And, of course, another, uh, another reason why he was drafted and brought in was because he's very familiar with who is currently the starting quarterback, Jalen Hurts. Uh, who he played with at Alabama for a couple years. So uh, that's going to be uh, a little bit of a, a setback for them and their chemistry and, and what they're trying to get accomplished in Philadelphia. But should, uh, they just, should they just let him sit out the rest of training camp? Uh, I don't think so. I, I mean, how do you get better if you're sitting out the whole time? You, you know what I mean? But you like, don't want to risk it. I feel like it's a lot of draft capital here, you know. I, I mean, you knew that when you drafted him, though. I know, but you got to be so careful because the last thing anybody wants is for the injury to get worse. And like you just said, I feel like him and Jalen, they can, like, talk a little. It's like, man, they know each other. They know each yeah, other. Yeah, but, man, you know, like they, I they mean. They got this. When's the last time you got better at anything by sitting on the sideline? Can't think of too many things. I mean, seriously. <laughs> I've never gotten better at radio by not doing a radio show. You know what I'm saying? I've never, ever gotten better by sitting there and, and thinking about getting better. You really got or, me think I'm going to like say something like 353, and I'm going to be like, ha-ha. Well, tell me but what I'm, it was. I'd I've love got, to know. I've got, I've got nothing now, so that's why, I, uh, that's what why, I'm I, need, saying. That's why I need those extra 30 minutes. You know, and I, I realize that certain people, they learn by watching and they learn by observing. But I don't think that you learn football by watching. And I think the perfect example of that is watching what happened in 2020. When there was all these Zoom calls and there was all this Zoom training and, and not in-person training, no OTAs. I think we saw how well it goes over when you try to learn by way of Zoom. You know, I'll tell you right now, I didn't like the fact that, you know, my kids were doing school over, over the computer in 2020 because of COVID. Because I thought, man, I could have passed class that way. You know what I mean? I could have found a way to hustle that. How do you do – how do you learn – if you're just sitting there on the computer, and I get it, you know, there's, there's computer courses that people go through in college and all that good stuff. But, man, in high school, you need to be in class, in my opinion. You need to be, you know, amongst your peers. You need to be able to learn how to communicate and not through text message or emojis or any of that other social media. You need to be able to talk. And that's something that they didn't get. And, and going back to the Raiders rookie class, a lot of those guys, you know, struggled. They didn't really know what they were doing. Because they didn't have that OTAs. They didn't have the, the in-person training. They weren't in the facility working out. 
I sure wouldn't have been here last year. <laughs> you know, just wouldn't have happened. Just a bad, bad situation. So I don't think, getting back to Devontae Smith, I don't think he learns the NFL and gets better by staying on the sideline hoping he doesn't get hurt. You know what I mean? You just, you can't, you can't live like that in the NFL. You just can't. You can't live like that. You can't learn football and get better at football by standing on the sideline hoping you don't get hurt. And even when you're in the game, you can't. And I know he doesn't. He's, he's got that dog mentality. He ain't going to get into the game and say, oh, man, I'm worried about my knee. That's how you get hurt. You start thinking about things. That's how you get hurt. So, no, uh, to answer your question, didn't mean to go into a rant, but to answer your question, no. As soon as he's available to get back to practice, he gets back to practice. You got to. You got to have guys that are out there actually participating on the practice field. How about this? And I want to bring this up because this could pertain to, to Josh Jacobs later on, maybe at the end of this year. But Nick Chubb and the Browns over the weekend agreed to a contract extension. Uh, he was a second-round pick in, uh, in, 20, in 2018, I believe, 2018. And uh, he, he was going into uh, his third year in, in the league. And no, no, he was, he's going into – I forget what year he was drafted. Either way. He ex- you were right, 2018. Going it was into the 2018, fourth year. okay. Yep, going into the okay, fourth right, year. and he had a four-year deal. Okay, thank you, DeMond. Thank you for checking me on that because all of a sudden I started doubting myself. You know what happens when you start doubting yourself. But, yeah, he was going into the third year of a four-year deal, and uh, he got a three-year extension, $36.6 million, $20 million fully guaranteed, and that's an average of $12.2 million uh, per season. So uh, big ups to Nick Chubb showing that running backs do matter. And, you know, I'm excited about – uh, what what uh, Josh Jacobs and Kenyon Drake can do from the backfield because I think that they are going to be in the same mold as what they have in, in Cleveland right now with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. And, you know, Josh Jacobs is, is uh, you know, he's going into year three. And so he's got that opportunity. He really does to go out there and, and be that, that leader, go and have a big season. He's had two 1,000-yard-plus uh, seasons so far in his career. Go out there, have another 1,000-yard season. He'll be looking for a contract extension. And, and if, if he gets that contract extension, think about that. Think about that money that Nick Chubb just signed for. Three years, $36 million, $20 million guaranteed, $12.2 million per season over the next three years. Not bad. I'm sure that Josh Jacobs would have no problem looking at a contract like that and saying, yep, yeah, I'll take that. You know, and probably a little bit more because he won't be – I'm sure there will be another running back to sign a contract before uh, it's time for Josh Jacobs. But want to throw those numbers out there just because uh, Josh Jacobs is, is going to be looking for a contract extension pretty soon. And I'm excited to see what those two guys could do, Kenyon Drake and Josh Jacobs from the backfield of the Raiders. So that's all I got for you for Cover 3 NFL news and notes of the day. I like to go around the league each and every day, usually about 3 o'clock sometimes. Um, sometimes it'd be a little bit later, depending on if we have a guest or not, or in the case of Friday, didn't get to get to cover three at all. Cause we had a bunch of guests and that's how it shakes out sometimes. But, uh, you could expect cover three NFL news and notes each day at uh, three o'clock. I did want to pass along a text real quick off the salmon ash text line, six, nine, one, eight, seven keyword R and R. This comes from Tom. And I always appreciate when Tom chimes in, uh, John Brown, he mentioned earlier today in his media session that he came to the Raiders because he, it was quarterback driven. He wanted to play with Derek Carr and Tom's not buying it. Tom said, John Brown wanted to play with Indy and Pittsburgh over the Raiders, but sure it's quarterback driven in air quotes, quarterback driven. That's like selling a, uh, 88 Corolla with bumper falling off, but it, but it runs fine. That's from Tom. So Demond, Tom's not buying it. I don't know what Tom's talking about. What's he, what's he talking about? 
<laughs> he's he's saying that he's not buying it. He's not buying it that uh, John Brown wanted to come to the Raiders because it's a uh, quarterback driven. He wanted to play with uh, Derek Carr. He's saying, hey, he wanted to play with Indy. He wanted to play with Pittsburgh. Uh, and he's like, hey, he's basically a, a, a used car salesman trying to sell an 88 Corolla with a bumper falling off. But, hey, it runs good. So. If you're a receiver and you see what Nelson Aguilar was able to do for yeah. himself last season, yeah. I would think, like, man, I can be, I can come in there, you know, play the humble veteran role and then show these young cats that, nah, I'm actually here. Like, I'm going to outshine you. I'm going to get more playing time than the coaches thought I was going to get coming in and make myself some more, some extra dollars. No, I, and I you don't. Can do that. And the best quarterback out of those three situations is Derek Carr. Right. I mean, look, look what's going on in Indy. And Pittsburgh, I do think that Big Ben is getting, uh, getting the short old. end of the stick. I don't care. He knows what he's doing. Tom Brady's old. Tom Brady just won a Super Bowl. And I'm not I saying don't think Big, Big Ben is like not, he's not Tom Brady. on the TB12 diet. No, but he did go in the camp in shape. I don't know if you've seen pictures of him, but he's slimmed down. He looks like he's focused. I'm not like I'm that old dude at the YMCA, and I say old dude. I'm only 44, but I'm the old dude at the YMCA where there's some young pup that comes in there who could jump out the gym. This guy is a little bit faster than me, but I got that veteran wisdom. I got that veteran know-how. I think that's Big Ben. I, I really do. I th- I still believe he's a really good quarterback. I know we we talked to Mike Sando last week, and uh, he did the quarterback tiers, and and uh, Big Ben came in at number 16, so he came in right behind Derek Carr. He came in one spot behind Derek Carr. I think Big Ben's still a good quarterback. I know that he's not the most nimble guy. I know that there's, you know, there's some things about his game that has some holes in it, especially as he gets older. But he's got, a, he's got an offensive line that's kind of rejuvenated. He's got Najee Harris, running back from Alabama, who I think is going to help them get that running game going. And that's really going to help Big Ben because he's not going to have to throw the ball 45 times. I still think the dude's pretty good. I don't know why everyone's kind of buried that guy already. Yes, he's older, but he's got some know-how, man. He's got some skins on the wall. Get him out of here. I I don't I don't believe in him. All right. This is the year it's going to start falling apart. I've been wa- I've been I've been waiting on it, saying it for about three years now. But this is the year. Well, I'm not saying it's that one it's one of not... those. It's one of those things. If you just keep saying it's going to happen, eventually it's got to happen, right? I'm not saying that he can't. He's not going to fall off a little bit. I definitely believe he's fallen off a little bit. But I still I don't think he's dead. <laughs> just to put it out there, I don't think he's. You know, he's not that guy that you have to bury. I think he's still good. Still think he's got some. He's got some game to him that he he can he can lead a team. I mean, I don't know where all of a sudden it's just oh, Big Ben is is trash and the team's going to go four and t- uh, four and thirteen. I well, we can only go off the last time we seen him. Well, okay. And with that being said, and then we'll take a break. With that being said, when's the last time Mike Tomlin didn't have a winning season? Or had a, actually, when well, was the last well, time Mike well, Tomlin had a losing season? Well, I can't like I can't that. go against Mike Tomlin. Well, guess who the coach is? I mean, I'm just saying, he's well, going to set the team tight, up. You put me in a tight spot. There. He's going <laughs> to put the team in a, in a position to succeed, regardless if you like the quarterback or not. He's going to be in a position to succeed because Mike Tomlin is, he just, he doesn't, he doesn't have losing seasons. Hasn't had losing seasons. He just, he just doesn't have that. Even when he doesn't have his first string quarterback or his second string quarterback, he finds a way to win games. So I don't think that, like I said, I don't think they still, Big got, ben is, duck out, they got, they still got Duck on the roster. Give me Duck instead of Big Ben. You're crazy. <laughs> You're absolutely crazy. Says nobody. <laughs> Says nobody, including the duck. The duck wouldn't say that. Raider Homer on Twitter said, these vets know car can get them a new shiny contract. That's also a good point. That's actually a great point. And that is something My that man. I can see John Brown, a.k.a. Smoke, trying to get. I, I do think that Smoke and Willie Sneed are going to be in a, a huge competition 
during training camp. I really do think that. And I've, I've heard guys and I've, I've talked to people that say, hey, I think both of those guys make the roster. Maybe they do. But my gut feeling tells me that Smoke and, and Willie Sneed are going to be in a big-time competition in training camp. And, and, and one of those guys makes it out. And it might be Smoke. It might be Willie Sneed. I think Hunter Renfro is, uh, is, a, is a lock for the roster. I just think he brings a lot to the table. And uh, I think that, that that chemistry that he has with Derek Carr is going to go a long way. But that's another conversation we can get to at another time. It's 327. I'm live right now at Raiders headquarters in Henderson. Coming up next, former Raider fullback, Raider Nation favorite, Marcel Reese. He'll join the show, Unnecessary Roughness. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. My boy looking fly. I have to drop it after DeMond backs up and says that Trent Brown's his boy. And I think you said that, what, three times? Never, never said he was my boy. <laughs> you definitely said my boy. You definitely said my boy. My boy. I give it to you. You Welcome got me back there. to Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920, live from Raiders headquarters here in Henderson, Nevada, the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. Broadcasting live out of the production studio, and this studio is awesome. Very first day I was here on on July 15th, got to do the show from here and just sitting in here looking at the big writer symbol on the window, looking at the three Lombardi trophies with the helmet in front of it, big picture of it. It's awesome. It's a lot of fun, man. It's just really, really uh, one of those opportunities that you don't get all the time, but to get out here and be able to do this and being able to come off the the, the practice field and, and talk about what I saw at training camp today and the other days, you know, over the weekend, Saturday, I'll tell you, and this is something Vinny's talked about. I'm sure he'll talk about it later on uh, in the huddle as he comes up from 4 to 6 p.m. Got a great lineup here on Raider Nation Radio 920, by the way, uh, with the morning the morning tailgate with Clay Baker. Then they're on from 7 to 10. And you know, JT from noon to 2, me from 2 to 4, Unnecessary Roughness, and then Vinny closes things out from 4 to 6 p.m. Lots of good radio, lots of good Raiders talk, NFL talk, sports talk in general here on the station. Very excited about the – direction and and this whole upcoming season for the Raiders but that 2019 draft class talking about Cleve Farrell talking about Josh Jacobs Jonathan Abram Trayvon Mullen Max Crosby Hunter Renfro those guys and I know that Cleve Farrell is is in a in a little competition for reps right now I get it but he's still out there and he's putting in a lot of work those guys are really trying to own this team Josh Jacobs in year three sounds like he's a lot more Focused and, and I hate when I, I say focused because people think that that means that he wasn't focused. No, I just think that he's so locked in. And if you go back and listen to his media session on Saturday, he just sounds so ready to lead this team to the next level, to take that next step. And I know it all sounds great in late July, early August. I get it. Got to go out there and do it when it matters. September, October, November, December, you know. Gangster Raider called in earlier, and the Raiders have had a couple seasons of, you know, falling off at the end of the season. They've got to put that together and not, not do that again. But those guys in that 2019 class, man, they really sound like they're, they're the leaders of this team now. It's, it's just about their team. And right now, let's go out to the Raider Nation hotline and bring in a very special guest, former Raider fullback Marcel Reese, obviously still very close to the to the team and is in landed in Vegas. And Marcel, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. And uh, I know that you're fresh off the plane. I'm sure you're a little bit tired. So thanks for giving us a few minutes of your time. It is training camp time. 
It is time for pads to come on tomorrow. Now, they've had the ramp-up period. The pads come on tomorrow. When it was your turn to hit the, get the pads and really get going in training camp, what was the mindset like? What was the thoughts going through your mind as you were about to put those pads on? <laughs> well, first of all, I appreciate you having me on, Q. It's always a pleasure. Um, but to answer your question, when it comes this time, there is nothing like training camp. Uh, you hate it, you love it, you hate it, then you love it again as a player. Um, you know, it's tough and it, and it breaks you down and it brings you to, to, to that very end. And you get to see your teammates, you get to see who's going to push through. You get to see, get to see who's going to fight through. And that first day it passes, it's like you go through phases. You're excited to get here, to see the fellas again, to get back in the building and start. And then you get excited all over again when it's the first day it passes, you get that physicality. And then you get excited again when you get to hit somebody in a different jersey. But when you get to that first day of pads and you smell that grass in the morning and you know it's time, and uh, it will be like clockwork for us every year for, for the entire decade of my career that it was Shark Week. And we <laughs> knew that we had to go out there and eat. It was the one time that we got to treat the defense like they were a part of a different team because nice. everyone's upset. You don't get to see your family. You're investing, you're sacrificing, and now we get to go take it out on each other and have fun with it. Yeah, and uh, I think that the players are ready. They've had that ramp-up period, the the four or five days without pads, and now tomorrow the pads come on. So I think that they're ready to, like you said, go ahead and uh, you know hit somebody and, and let those pads pop a little bit. Uh, from what you've seen with this team so far, and I was just talking about the 2019 draft class, the guys like Josh Jacobs, mm-hmm. Jonathan Abram, Trayvon yeah. Mullen, guys like that, they really look like they're starting to take control and the leadership aspect of this team. What are you seeing from this team? Absolutely, and, and, and you know, uh, now that I've transitioned upstairs and, and, you know, they're calling me an executive and everything else, <laughs> you, you start to realize that the way things work in this league after a draft, they don't say, you got to draft well, you got to draft well. The true tale of a draft is three years after that draft class. And this is their year. You know, I spent a lot of time with Jonathan Abrams, and, and he is, I've seen him grow so much through this offseason. I'm extremely excited to see what he's going to bring to the table. Um, not just as far as being a player and being a hitter, because everyone knew that, but being a leader, being a vocal leader, staying composed in tough situations and, and playing through down the stretch. Um, you know, Josh Jacobs has been Josh Jacobs, and, and he has been phenomenal for us. Uh, he's, he's top three runner in this league. He's only getting better. Um, he has a phenomenal relationship with his fullback and, and Alec Ingold, and that's a shameless plug from a fullback to a fullback. But... Uh, <laughs> You know, I think that that class is going to be it's going to continue to show how special they are. Um, you know, Max Crosby is coming into his own again. It's being even better every time he steps on the field. And it's 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 been great to watch and see the growth of these young men and uh, and watch them embrace being Raiders. Talking right now with Marcel Reese, former Raiders fullback here on Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. And you mentioned Max Crosby, and I've been out there at practice. I put a few videos out saying he just looks like he's playing faster this year than he even was uh, a year ago. And, I, and it's been very well documented that he's uh, 16, 17 months uh, sober now. He said, hey, I was lost in the sauce. I'm good now. How much do you think that that also helps him be able to go out there and focus and really get the job done and, and play oh. at a high level? It, it helps him more than anyone could imagine. That sacrifice alone, not even counting the physical aspects, but the mental aspect of being, of knowing that you're strong enough to give up something that you 
have had as a re- on a regular basis that does so much to your mind and your heart and in, in, in mental stability. Uh, you know, I've had teammates before where I've challenged them. I've had to personally challenge them. Hey, why don't you give this up and only have it on, on, on Mondays? Now, why don't you give it up and only have it on Sunday night after a game? So now, why don't you just not do this the entire season? That's your challenge for this year. But to know and understand that he is sober right now and he's going into the season sober and he's playing faster. I mean, it's incredible. I'm, I'm, I'm extremely proud of him. And uh, I think the results are going to come out on the field and off the field for him. And that's what being a Raider is all about. It really feels like that. And I, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself because the pads haven't come on yet. But, man, he just looks like he's playing at a whole nother level. Of course, Yannick Ngakwe comes in as a free agent. Those two yeah. guys right there look like they could really bring that pass rush back that, that the Raiders really have been lacking for some years. Looks like they could really be some, you know, dominant forces on the edge, and then of course Clee in the middle, or or wherever he ends up playing, whatever position they put him in. How 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 dominant do you think that d- defensive line could end up being? I think they could be extremely dominant. I think one of the main ingredients that a lot of people are forgetting about is Gus Bradley. He's going to have a a simple, unique, and um, and 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 extremely efficient game plan for our entire defense. Uh, they're going to be extremely sound. Um, they're going to be fundamentally sound. And they're going to play with great technique. And that equips young players, guys who are coming into their own, like a Max Crosby, uh, to play extremely fast. And that's the speed that you're starting to see right now. Is They understand their job and their assignment, and they get to go home and get home and, and get to the quarterback. Marcel, earlier today we were talking about the fact that John Gruden and this Raiders organization is really in win-now mode. They're they're ready to go. So it doesn't matter if you were drafted in the first round or the seventh round. If you can get out there and play, they're going to put you out there. They're going to put the best 11 guys out there on each side of the ball to go out there and win games. How much do you think that will help the competition, just knowing that no spot is guaranteed on this roster? That's what it's all about, competing. That's what the Raiders organization has always been about. I don't, we don't care where you've been drafted at. And this is coming from an undrafted player, so I may be a little biased. But at the same time, it was always understanding if you can make a play and you can prove that you can make that play, then we're going to give you that opportunity to make a play. And that's what I'd love to see. That, w- that makes practice faster. That's, that's, that's where iron sharpens iron. You know, you put the best out on the field and everybody else, you get to stand on the sideline and watch or go play for somebody else. You know, and and that's what it's all about, and we love that. I mean, you know, great players flourish in those type of environments, and that's what we're going to start to see. We're going to start to see our good young players become great players. You know, and you mentioned, you know, being a Raider, and you were uh, such a a, a fan favorite. You know, you always had the Alger uh, shirt on underneath your jersey, always, you know, uh, showing the love to the fan. I still wear that shirt. (laughs) That's what's up. I love it. What does it mean to be a Raider? What to you, what does it mean to be a Raider? Man, being a Raider is not just being a football player. It's not about just the jersey or just just the helmet. It's about a lifestyle. It's about It's about loyalty. It's about doing whatever you have to do to help your brothers, to help your family. That's what it's all about. It's never putting yourself above the shield. That's what being a Raider is all about, putting the Raiders' family first. And, you know, you you don't choose to be a Raider. You're born a Raider. 
And that's what it, and, and we love finding Raiders. John Gruden is a Raider. You see it in him through and through. Mark Davis is a Raider. You see it in him through and through. We have some Raiders on this team, and I'm excited to see them start to play like Raiders. I'm so glad you said that, and I tell DeMond, and he can ch- jump in if he'd like to, I, I tell him all the time, uh, Raiders are just different. Everyone's not cut out to be a Raider. Everyone can't be a Raider. I'm but glad if you, you are, If you are a Raider, it's different. Oh, it's not for everybody. It's definitely <laughs> not for everybody, and we like it like that. Hey, you Marcel, know, we, we, I was going to ask you a question. Do you think that it is like there are certain a couple players that maybe they were okay, good players in the league, but maybe they just wouldn't have what it takes to be a Raider? Like just because it's, you, it's, you got to be different to be a Raider, you agree with that statement? Absolutely. There are some <laughs> there are some really good football players who just aren't Raiders. You see, listen. There are thirty one teams, and then there are the Raiders. Everybody, it's not it's not for everybody. You know, we've had some players that have come to the Raiders who, who may have been here for a few years that just weren't Raiders, and then we've had some players that were here for a very short amount of time, but you knew when they stepped in the building, like. Now that's a Raider. And they knew they were Raiders. There it is, Damon. There it is. Marcel spoke. Marcel spell spoke. So now, I mean, I, you don't believe me, but now at least you can listen to him and believe him. And, and Marcel, we do appreciate your time. I just have a couple more questions for you this upcoming weekend. Talk about Raiders. Uh, Coach Tom Flores and Charles Woodson both being inducted into uh, the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Uh, thoughts when you hear that? And, and how excited are you for both those guys? Man, it's, been, it's, it's extremely special. I spent a lot of time with Coach. Uh, Flores, you know, throughout the years, he's always been around. He was doing media, you know, years ago, and he's just a great man and and uh, unbelievable legacy. And then you got C. Wood, who's one of my best friends in the world, and I'm so excited. I mean, you know, we've been talking throughout this whole process, but I'm so excited to see him go in and be there personally to congratulate him again uh, in going into the Hall of Fame. And, and it's just a, it's a special moment, man. You know. They, they they usually they take a long time to to recognize Raiders because we're different mm-hmm. and you know they don't like us um, you know we have a few of our legends that haven't been recognized by the Pro Football Hall of Fame yet you know talking about guys like Cliff Branch right. who and I won't name any other names should be ahead of a ton of other wide receivers that are already in the Hall of Fame but it's, so it's a special moment when they, we finally get recognized because we got to do a little more than those. And um, it, it'll be great to to see Charles be recognized that way, and especially Coach Flores. So, uh, and speaking of even speaking of past legends, you know we have alumni weekend this weekend, and yep. a lot of guys are starting to starting to come in today, and we'll have a welcome reception tonight, and and then we have guys that practice tomorrow, and then a big dinner tomorrow, and it's always special when the alumni get together and start to hear those stories because, you know, that was one of the reasons that just locked me in. To be in a writer, my rookie year when I had guys like Willie Brown, the mm. great Willie Brown, and, right. and the great Cliff Branch, and the great George Atkinson, pour into me and tell me those stories of what it was like playing back in the day and being Raiders and starting off and being Raiders, and they set the tone for me and they set the tone for a lot of us. Um, and and it'll be it's always special when the guys get together and it's always fun. I'll tell you that because. 
like I say, once a Raider, always a Raider. The way they got down back in the day, they still get down the same way now. <laughs> nice. I'd love to be a fly on the wall for that uh, that that get together. I, th- I think that that'd be one hell of an event. And, and Marcel, before I let you go, you mentioned Alec Ingold earlier. I'm not going to shortchange him because he is a, a fun guy to watch. He's a great athlete, really good fullback. Him and Josh Jacobs, they're really really tight. Uh, what are your thoughts on Ingold when you see him each and every Sunday out there as that fullback? I think he's special. I mean, it's 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 more of an honor to me than most, you know, because you know, as as you know, he does down the four or five as yes, well, sir. and uh, he represents it well. I I couldn't have chosen a, a better uh, football player or man to wear that number after me. So it's always special for me to go watch him play. He plays the game the right way. He respects the game, and you can tell that he loves and enjoys, and he's starting to learn what it's like to be a Raider. He's yeah. willing to do anything and everything for his team, and um, and it's fun to watch. I'm 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 always proud of him. Well, he's a pretty good softball player as well. He hit a couple home runs the other day. And, uh, as you should, <laughs> right? Raiders versus Golden Knights. Uh, they won that game. Team Marcus Allen and uh, Marcel. Thank you so much for your time, man. I know that you, like I said, just getting off the plane, want to kind of relax a little bit uh, as you got a lot of activities coming up this week. But thanks for sharing some of your uh, your wisdom with us and, and giving us a few minutes of of your time today on Raider Nation Radio. Anytime, I appreciate you guys having me on. It's always fun. Just win, baby. There it is right there. Appreciate you. Marcel Reese, former Raider fullback, uh, now executive with the team, does a heck of a job uh, representing being an ambassador for Raider Nation. I'll tell you, there's not a better ambassador than one Marcel Reese. Now, I do want to say, Demond, before we take a quick break, uh, as we were talking to Marcel, the news came out. Uh, breaking news, I believe. No, let me confirm this before I actually talk about that so we'll, we'll take a quick break we'll come back we'll talk to Vinny Bonsignor he's coming up in the huddle and I'm going to confirm this news before I talk about it we'll see uh we'll see we'll see if this is real or not this is Raider Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness, Unnecessary Roughness. here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm gonna have to kick you you know what today. Here's your boy Q. Back here to close out Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Just have a few minutes left in today's show, then we'll pass the sticks on to Vinny Bonsignor in the huddle, who's going to hold it down for the next couple hours all the way up to 6 p.m. And uh, very pleased and blessed to be here at Raiders headquarters, a place where Vinny will be tomorrow. And then JT, I believe, will be broadcasting from here on Wednesday. So we are locked and loaded uh, with a lot of content to bring you as pads go on tomorrow. Uh, Just had a very good conversation with former Raider fullback Marcel Reese in the last segment. If you missed that, make sure you check LVSportsNetwork.com a little bit later. Uh, it will be up there. You can check out that interview in its entirety. Before we took a break, I mentioned that there was some news that was breaking that I wanted to make sure it confirmed was correct before I said anything because, as Vinny knows, who's standing by in the studio right now, there's so many fake Twitter accounts out there, and there's so many uh, guys that are just putting out burners and putting whatever they want to do for some odd reason. I don't have time on my hands to do all that. But uh, according to Shefty, and I know Vinny's had an opportunity to, to verify this and confirm it, uh, Raiders GM Mike Mayock has tested positive for COVID-19. So, Vinny, what do you know about uh, Mayock and uh, his, his testing positive? Well, um, yep, and that, that is accurate. Uh, Mike Mayock, the general manager, uh, tested positive for, for COVID-19. He's now working from home. I uh, sent Mike a text just a few minutes ago, got a thumbs up from him. So it uh, sounds like he's doing okay. Uh, he's fully vaccinated. Um, so that's a good thing. And uh, I'm sure like, 
you know, the one thing about, and I think this was the misconception about, um, you know, the vaccination is that it doesn't prevent you from testing positive uh, for COVID-19. However, uh, it increases your chances of minimizing COVID-19 if you are inflicted with it. Uh, If you look at the numbers, uh, the bad numbers of COVID-19 and people that are in hospitals and people who are continuing to die from COVID-19, it's almost exclusively non-vaccinated. Uh, whereas uh, you still can test positive uh, for the virus, even as a vaccinated uh, person, uh, but your chances of, of survival and getting through it, through it rather quickly are greatly, greatly increased with the vaccination. Which is what Mike Mayock has said as, as far as being you know 62 years old. He's happy that he is vaccinated because of everything you just said. It just really helps with the, the recovery of it and, and you know, gives him a, a much better chance at, at getting you know moving on from it. And I'll say that there's a reason why, Vinny, just to kind of double down on what you're saying, there's a reason why we still have to get tested every couple of weeks as media guys. You know, every couple of weeks we still have to get a test even though we are fully vaccinated and we're at, allowed at the facility, but – uh, you still got to check because, like you said, there is a possibility that you could still test positive. And you can pass it on, too. Right. That's why masks are still important. Um, right. Not sure why we have to sit here and uh, hammer people over the head with that <laughs> very common sense information. But there is a lot of misinformation out there, unfortunately. And um, the misinformation in some quarters seems to reign supreme over the accurate information. I just wish everybody uh, would get the right information. As Mike Zimmer, Zimmer, uh, the, the yeah. Vikings coach, said today, you know, some of the, some of the feedback that he's gotten from players, some of the information that that what they're hearing about the vaccination and their hesitation uh, in terms of the vaccination. He just said, it's just, wow. You know, and I think we all know what he's talking about. Some of the crazy kooky conspiracy theories that we hear and we continue to see on social media and in some quarters of the anti-vax movement and group. And you're just scratching your head going, are you for real right now? I mean, how old are you again? Um, You know, I'm sorry, not trying to point any fingers. I'm not the smartest guy in the world, but I try to do my research. Search and I feel like I fall on the on the uh, on the other side of common sense, the good side of common sense. But boy, I'll tell you what, it just seems like it's a f- uphill battle sometimes <laughs> fighting against that with with other people. No, it really is. It really is. So I'm, I'm glad to see that Mike Mayock is doing well. But I uh, definitely wanted to pass that news along. And uh, Vinny's coming up in the huddle for the next two hours. And I know we got to go to break. Uh, what you got coming up, Vinny? Well, definitely uh, going to be talking about you know from over the weekend, uh, Alex Leatherwood. I wrote about him, just the um, poise that he's playing with, uh, and the veteran uh, demeanor that he has out there. Also, you know, we got a chance to talk to uh, Richie Incognito. Uh, had some things to say about the uh, current players age groups uh, taste in music in some cases i agree with them not in all cases but right. you know we can mix it up a little bit more the raiders do it a little bit uh, out at raiders camp i think john gruden has a big say in yeah. the music in case you haven't noticed um so uh, richie incognito i think that his importance to this team and had a lot of good things to say about his young line mates and uh, why he came back and and kind of the debt that he feels uh, he owes to this raiders team that really welcomed him with open arms when a lot of other teams thought he was a little bit too hot to handle back in uh, 2019. So uh, good to see uh, Richie Incognito back, and I think he's going to be really important to this, especially this run game and this young offensive line. As I do as well. So that's all coming up. Uh, Vinny Bonsignor in the huddle, 4 to 6 p.m. right here on Raider Nation Radio 920. This is going to do it for me, live from Raiders headquarters in Henderson. We'll be back here tomorrow to check out 
Padded practice. Padded practice. Very excited to see the pads go on and who's going to shine and who might not shine. So uh, I'm passing the sticks on to Vinny. He's up next in the huddle. I'm out. This is Raider Nation Radio 920.